0: When you live through the lens and the telescope of faith, you understand that this is not the end and you understand that this is not all there is to life as a believer. The best is yet to come. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. This morning, I'm going to begin a new series of messages that will take us up to Easter. And I'm calling this new series of messages, and, and I apologize that we've had to take the screens down so we're shooting off the wall today. So we really are singing off the wall, <laughs> not just off of screens. We had to remove those to keep them from getting damaged from all the work that's going on. But I'm calling this series Through the Eyes of a Lion. And the reason why I'm calling it Through the Eyes of the Lion, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, I think all of us would agree that leading up to Easter, that no one ever suffered the way that Jesus suffered. And so what Jesus taught us in his suffering is how to suffer. What Jesus taught us during the most difficult times of his life is how we can get through the most difficult times of our lives. And so that's what this series about is seeing suffering, seeing grief. Seeing loss, seeing difficult times through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes of Jesus. Because here's what I believe. I believe that whatever difficult seasons or times, whatever suffering that we go through as followers of Jesus Christ, I don't believe that God causes those things, but I do believe that He allows those things. As a matter of fact, I don't even believe that they would happen if God did not allow those things to happen. But here's what I know and I am convinced of. That if God allows you to go through a difficult season in your life, that God will provide the power that you need to get through it. I'm absolutely convinced of that. It's just like baking a file into a cake and getting that cake to a prisoner in jail so that he would have the means to free himself. Maybe not a very good illustration, but that when you and I are going through suffering, grief, loss in our lives, difficult times in our lives, I believe that God always slips in the ingredients of everything we need— To get us through those moments of our lives So my prayer for you this morning Even if you're going through a season of loss right now And there may be some of you here today still trying to figure it all out trying to figure out why that person's life was from, taken from them prematurely, trying to figure out why such suffering God is allowing in my life right now. And I don't know, it, it may not be the loss of a person. It could be the loss of a job that you thought that this was going to be your career. You thought you were going to be at this place for a long time, and you walked in one day, and you got a pink slip, or you got a notice that we're having to cut back, and you're getting caught up in the layoffs, and you lost that job. Maybe it's a dream that you had, and you've watched that dream fizzle before your eyes, something that you thought was going to happen that has not materialized just yet. I mean, loss can come in different many shapes, forms, and fashion. But my prayer for you this morning is the same prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He said, this is my prayer for you. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so that you could see the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And then he said, I also pray that you will understand, that you will be able to see the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. I'm here to tell you this morning, no matter what you're going through in life right now, resurrection power is available to you. Resurrection power is available to you to help you get through the most difficult seasons of your life. I've entitled today's message, Hidden in Plain Sight. Hidden in Plain Sight. Now, we know what that statement means. It describes something that is right in front of us, but even though it's right in front of us, and we might even be looking right at it, we don't see it. Let me give you just a couple of examples. Now, I know when I throw these images up on the screen, you're going to say, what does this have to do with encountering God today? Just stay with me because Wendy's does have something to do with it. But I want you to look at this Wendy's logo because there's something in this logo that if you don't know it's there, you can look at it without seeing it. If you look at the necklace around Wendy's neck, you notice that the necklace spells mom. M-O-M. Now that I've pointed out, you're going, oh, now I see it. Because they wanted to send a subliminal message that we want people to associate our food with mom's food. You also see it in the logo with FedEx. Some of you may have seen this. You may have already recognized this. But between the E and the X, you notice that the white space there is an arrow. And again, it was a subliminal symbol that speaks of precision and speed. You don't see it, even though it's right in front of you, you don't see it. And how many of you know that happens to us a lot of times in life? And the reason why is because looks can be deceiving. That's the first point that I want to talk to you about this morning. Looks can be deceiving. And the reason why looks can be deceiving is because we have blind spots. Not just biologically. And we all do physically, biologically have blind spots. I don't have time to explain that to you. But we have blind spots. And because we have blind spots... Looks can be deceiving. Now, you all know that I drive a Toyota FJ. And one of the biggest complaints with the Toyota FJ, as a matter of fact, the reason they stopped making the FJ is because it has so many blind spots. There can be a car coming from your right, and you never see that car coming because of the blind spots in this FJ. Now, just because I can't see a car coming doesn't mean that the car is not there. The car is there. I just can't see it because I have blind spots. We also have spiritual blind spots. And the reason for that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. You remember in Genesis, God creates Adam and Eve. He puts them in the Garden of Eden. And he says to them that you can eat from any tree in this garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then Satan makes his way into the garden and he tempts Adam and Eve to do something that God had commanded them not to do. And that is to eat from that tree. They gave in to the temptation. But I want you to notice how he deceives them. He says to them, the reason why God doesn't want you to eat from this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, is because God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, one thing evidently that Adam and Eve did not know at this point was their eyes were already open. Their their eyes were already open to the things that God wanted their eyes to be open to. At this particular time, before the fall, they had a clear image of who God was. The Bible even says that God would come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. They had intimacy, they had fellowship, they had face-to-face time with God. And they were able to see God clearly and to see that God was good and to see that God was love and to see that God was caring and to see that God was compassionate. But the enemy came along and said, no, the reason God doesn't want you to eat from this tree is because he knows then that your eyes would be open. Well, that is a half truth. What did they do? They gave in to the temptation They ate from the tree and yes, their eyes were opened but opened to things that I guarantee you they did not want to see because now their eyes are open to things like sin and shame and death and embarrassment and guilt. Things that God was trying to protect them from and keep them from seeing now they can see. But even though they can now see physically with the physical eyes like never before, now their spiritual eyes are shut. And the God that they used to be able to see, now they can't see him anymore. Paul described it like this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He said that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, talking about Satan. That he has blinded the minds of unbelievers because what man used to see before the fall he cannot see anymore and what he could not see now he can see. He now has spiritual blind spots because of his sin. Every one of us before we came to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, sin caused blind spots in our lives. And Paul said it like this. He said, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot See. Now listen to me. It's not that they are not wanting to see, perhaps, it's that they cannot see. Blind people, even physically, cannot see. So so this is all of our situation when we come to God. We cannot see. And what is it that we cannot see? We cannot now see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. In other words, we cannot see God clearly because of the blind spots of sin. We cannot see clearly that God is love. We cannot see clearly that God cares. We cannot see clearly that God is for us and not against us. And so Paul goes down in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 and he says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. In other words, he's saying that you cannot trust your physical eyes you cannot trust what you see with your natural physical eyes and the decisions that you make based upon what you see with your natural physical eyes because he said we have blind spots he said so what we've got to do is we've got to fix our gaze and that word fix means that at one time it was broken and it needs to be fixed and so where our sight was broken now our sight needs to be fixed and he said that we fix our Our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Which brings us to the second point that I want to make this morning. And that is that eternity becomes visible by faith. Those things that you cannot see that are eternal. Yes, we can see the things with the natural physical eye, but those things don't last forever. Those things are only temporary. Even this building that we're spending all of this time and energy and resources renovating right now, this building is not going to last forever. Forever. What you can see with the natural physical eye doesn't last forever. It's what you cannot see with the natural physical eye that can only be seen through spiritual eyes that actually lasts forever. So how do we see eternity? Eternity becomes visible by faith. And let me tell you what faith is. Faith is like a telescope. I think we can all identify with what a telescope is. A telescope helps our natural physical eye to see things that normally it would not be able to see. It helps our eyes to see things that normally it would not be able to see. And that's the way that faith is. Faith is like a telescope that helps us to see things That we cannot see in the natural physical realm that can only be seen by faith. He said it like this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. He said, for we live by faith, not by sight. Another translation says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Again, not by what the natural physical eye tells us. But we live by what faith tells us. Faith in the word of God that I'll talk about a little more here in just a few moments. You see, when you are looking through the telescope of faith, when you see people, you now see potential. You now begin to see what that person can become with the help and with the enablement and with the power of God. It's what Jesus was looking through the telescope of faith. It's what he was looking through when he saw every single one of us and knew that he had a purpose and a plan for our lives. Just like with Peter that when Peter came to Jesus he said your name is Cephas. He said but when I'm done with you you're going to be called Peter. You're going to be solid as a rock. Your life is going to change In other words, Jesus saw some things in Peter that Peter did not even see in himself. And when you're looking through a telescope of faith, you're able to see the potential in other people. But not only that, when you're looking through the telescope of faith, when you see problems, do you know what you see? You see that God has a plan for every problem that he allows in your life. And he is working all things together for his good. Look at your neighbor and say, you are God's masterpiece. And God is carefully crafting you, using both the good and the bad in your life to make you into the person that he wants you to be. But you can only see that when you're looking through the telescope of faith. When you're looking through the telescope of faith, when you encounter pain in your life, you understand like the Apostle Paul. When Paul had a thorn in his flesh and he said, I went to the Lord three different times and I said, God, please remove this thorn from my flesh. It's painful. It's more than I can bear. And he said, the only answer that I got back from the Lord is my grace is sufficient. My power is sufficient to get you through this. But you can only see that when you look through the telescope of faith. And you understand that even in my pain, God supplies the power, the resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. God gives me that same kind of power. to endure whatever pain I may have to face in this life you see when you look through the telescope of faith you are able to see things that before you were not able to see and you're able to see it vividly you're able to see it with clarity I guess you could say that faith is what gives light to your dark days Faith faith is like night vision. Have you ever put on any night vision goggles that enables you to see even in the darkest time of night? And that's what faith is. Faith is like those night goggles that even when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death... You're looking at it through the telescope of faith and you understand that I'm not even walking through the valley of the shadow of death alone for he is with me and his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Oh, somebody ought to thank God this morning. For the telescope and the lens of faith because everything looks different when you look at it through the lens of faith. And he said that we live by faith and not by sight. But listen to me. This telescope of faith that I'm talking about, it's not just a one-time thing that you do that you put up to your eye and you look through. It has to happen every single day. Because notice he said we live by faith. We walk by faith. Every day that we get up, we've got to take that telescope of faith and we've got to put it up to our eye and we've got to live our life not by what we see but by what we do not see and can only see through the telescope of faith. Which brings me to my third point and that is that nearsightedness has got to be constantly corrected. You know what nearsightedness is? It's when you can see something that's close up But you can't see it when it's far away. And if you're not careful, in this life, you know, because we are here on this earth in a natural, physical body. That's how we tend to relate to everything. If we can taste it, it's real. If we can hear it, it's real. If we can smell it, it's real. If we can see it, it's real. If we can touch it, it's real. Because we live by those five natural physical senses. And so, near sight, and we have a tendency to believe that what's really real is what I can see right here. Now, I'm having a little bit more of an issue in my 50s. I can't see it here, but you hold it for me on the back row, and I can read it to you. I don't know if that's just something that God does as we grow and age and mature. I think there's even something there for us to say spiritually. That the more spiritually mature you become, the more you're able to see those things in a distance. And you're able to see them in a distance because you are now looking through a telescope of faith, helping you to see things that before you could not see. And whereas before, heaven seemed so distant and you didn't really understand it, now it seems so close, and it seems so real. And whereas God used to seem so distant that you couldn't get a clear view of him now, because your spiritual eyes have been opened now, you can see even that which is far away, you can see it clear, you can see it vividly. Because you're looking through the telescope of faith. But listen to what Paul says. Paul goes on in Romans 10 and 17. He said, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, here's what he's saying to us. He's saying that what we see is directly related to what we hear. How many of you wear glasses? Let me see your hand. Have you ever had a pair of glasses that just wouldn't stay up on your nose? Does that not drive you crazy? I've had glasses like that before where I'm constantly having to push them up. You know, push them up. Push them back up. Push them back up. Push them back up. And what we think, we think the problem is here. Well, if it just fit a little bit tighter over my nose, or if my nose was just a little bigger, maybe it would hold the glasses up. But, you know, if you go to your eye doctor, to your optician, if you go and tell them the problem that you're having, that my glasses just won't stay up, you know what they're going to tell you? The problem's not here. The problem is here. That the adjustment doesn't need to be made here. The adjustment needs to be made at the ears. Because the ear, here's what they'll tell you. The ears are the anchor to the eyes. And I'm going to say that in a spiritual sense. Your ears are the anchor to your eyes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so that means that every day, listen to me, every day, should I read my Bible every day? Yes. Should I hear a word from God every day? Yes. Should I surround myself with people who are going to speak life into me? Absolutely. Because what you hear affects what you see. Your ears are the anchor to your eyes. And so every day I need to be taking in the Word of God. Every day I need to be hearing the Word of God. Every day I need to speak people who are going to speak life and not death into my life. Because that's what's going to cause me to see things in a different perspective are the words that I'm allowing to come in to my ears. Amen. Which brings me to my final point, and that is that when we learn to see the invisible, we will be able to do the impossible. Oh, but pastor, I don't think I'll ever get through this. It's been the most difficult time of my life. It's been the most painful time of my life. And if we are only focused on what we can see in the here and now, I can understand that kind of weariness. I can understand that kind of discouragement. That's why we've gotta look with the telescope of faith. Somebody help me here. Because if we can see the invisible, we can then do the impossible. You go to Hebrews chapter 11, that's what it's all about. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the hall of faith. It's about people who lived their life by faith even though their circumstances were adverse, even though their circumstances were against them. And when you get down in that passage to about verse 33, it talks about men like Gideon and Samson and David, and it describes what they did by faith. It said that by faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. This is what happens when you're able to look through the telescope of faith. You're able to do powerful things. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to fight. That's what happens when you see the invisible. When you're living life through the telescope and the lens of faith. I'm telling you you become strong in battle. You become strong in your strength and then it goes on though but look at what happens now in verse 35 because it didn't end that way for everybody but others were tortured. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Oh but I like this. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection Somebody needs to know that this is not as good as it gets. And when you live through the lens and the telescope of faith, you understand that this is not the end. And you understand that this is not all there is to life as a believer. The best is yet to come. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. Amen. Oh, they placed their hope. They were able to endure. They were able to get through the difficult times because they placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. It said some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. What am I saying to you? I'm saying that when you are living your life by faith, when you are watching, when you are looking at things through the telescope of faith whether things end good or whether things don't end so good God gives you the power come on somebody God gives you the power to remain standing through it all to be strong through it all to get through whatever it is you're getting through in your life oh come on somebody give God a praise hallelujah yeah they needed power to shut the mouths of lions. They needed power to do the mighty exploits they did. But those who were tortured, those who lost their lives, those who suffered unto death, they also needed that same power looking through the telescope of faith. And then as you go into Hebrews 12, the very next chapter, Listen to what it says, and this is from the New Living Translation. Actually, this is back in Hebrews 11 and 27. It tells us how they did it. It said it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes, look at this, on one who is invisible. I may not be able to see him, Moses said, with the natural physical eye. Oh, but let me put up this telescope of faith. Now I see him. I see him clear. And because of that, because Moses kept his eye on him who was invisible, talking about God, because he kept his eye on him, he had the courage and the power to not be afraid when Pharaoh was angry and in pursuit of them. And notice what happens in the very next chapter, Hebrews 12. Here's what we're told. Keep your eyes on Jesus. This is from the message paraphrase. I love the way it says it. Who both began and finished the race that we're in. Now, I'll listen to somebody who both started and finished the same race that I'm in. And Jesus did. He said, study how he did it. Study how Jesus did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God because he never lost sight of where he was headed. He could put up with anything along the way. Listen, if you really know who God is, if you by faith can just comprehend, if you by faith can get a vision of who God is, that God is for you and not against you, that God is with you and not abandon you, when you understand that, you understand, I can put up with anything. That comes my way. And then notice, it goes on and says, cross, shame, whatever. All the things that Jesus faced. But now he's there. In the place of honor, right alongside God. He said, when you find yourselves flagging or weak in your faith, go over that story again and again and again. That's why every Easter we need to be reminded of everything that Jesus went through. Amen that he had to go to the cross in order to get a crown and you've you got to understand that there was pain on his way to his victory and we've got to go back and we've got to rehearse that story over and over and over and over again because it's going to strengthen our faith. It's going to help us to not give up in our fight and he said when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. When you see Jesus went through everything I went through and he leaned into the grace and the power of his father and that's what Helped him to get through victorious that ought to motivate you that ought to inspire you that ought to motivate and inspire me That because he started and finished trusting in the grace of God I too can start and finish no matter what I face from the finish to the or from the start to the finish No matter what I face I can finish strong because of who he is, because of who he is. Oh, come on, come on, give him some praise. Oh, this excites me this morning. Amen. Just one more passage of scripture. And team, if you can come up, get ready to close us this morning. I want you to notice what Jesus said in John chapter eight, verse 12. And as the team's coming, I want everybody just to stay focused right here on me. But in John chapter 8, verse 12, listen to what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world. I'm the cure to your blind spots. I'm the cure to your spiritual blindness. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads To life. Sometimes we read things in the Bible but we don't associate what we read with where Jesus was when he said it. But it's important that you understand where Jesus was when he said these words. He was in the temple at the place where people would bring their offerings. And at that place there were candlesticks. There were lampstands that had candles on them that burned continually. This is where Jesus is when he makes this statement. And that lampstand that they have there that's continually burning, they have it burning to remind them. Here's here's what they're reminded of. That when they were being brought out of Egypt to the promised land, that God was to them a pillar of fire. Now let let me just talk to you for just a minute about that pillar of fire. Because as you know, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and they were headed toward the promised land, even in the time that they were wandering in the wilderness, there was a a cloud. And that cloud was symbolic of the presence of God. The cloud would protect them from the sun. The the cloud was a reminder to them of the presence of God. And, And the cloud was their guide, that when the cloud moved, they moved. It was as if God is saying, okay, follow this cloud, you're following me. It was the same thing with the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire that God provided, first of all, was for protection because the pillar of fire would stand between God's people and Pharaoh's army and say, you can't come any closer than this right here. Somebody needs to know this morning That Jesus stands between you and your adversity, your opposition. And he determines what can and cannot come your way. And if he allows it, here's what you can be assured of. That the pillar of fire also symbolized his presence. Because sometimes when we're going through difficult times, we think God has abandoned us. No, no, he has not abandoned you. As a matter of fact, what you're going to discover, and it may not be until you get through it, is that you would have never gotten through it had God not been with you. And so you can be assured this morning that no matter what you're going through, yea, again, I go back to Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you, Lord. Are with me. But not only did it mean protection and presence, the pillar of fire was also there to guide, but different from the cloud in that the pillar of fire allowed them to advance even in the night. You don't have to be paralyzed by your dark days, you don't have to fear those dark days. Because what does he say? You have the light that leads to life. That he will be that light that will guide you even in the dark times of your life. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God being saved, healed and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summiton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.